This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. On the evening of April 27th, Gary Ariano was in one of his favorite spots, La Alma Lincoln Park on Denver's west side. He was a park regular for decades and could frequently be found there playing basketball and hanging out with his friends. And according to a police report about the night of the 27th, that's exactly what was happening when Gary saw two teenage girls get into a fight. He tried to step in and calm the situation, and one of the girl's boyfriends shot and killed him. Within hours of Gary's death, fences appeared around La Alma Lincoln Park, denying the neighborhood access to the basketball courts, green spaces, and their well-loved rec center. And this isn't the first time the city has fenced off the park. Denver Post reporter Elizabeth Hernandez has been reporting on the situation at La Alma, and she's on the show today to help me piece it all together. Today is Thursday, May 12th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Oh yeah, do you prefer Elizabeth or Lizzie when I introduce you? Yeah, I think Elizabeth just because that's my byline. So. Totally. Yeah. Cool, cool. Elizabeth Hernandez, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you so much for having me. So you've been reporting on uh, what's been going on at La Alma Lincoln Park. Can you explain exactly what's going on right now? Yeah, so La Alma Lincoln Park is a really important neighborhood in Denver. Um, it is a historic Chicano neighborhood where a lot of fights for civil rights for Chicano people in Denver took place. Um, and it's sort of the core of this predominantly Latino neighborhood. And what has been happening is the city has been closing the park for weeks and months at a time due to different sort of acts of violence, um, reports of shots fired or um, other shootings, most recently a, a homicide um, in April. Two days after Gary Ariano was shot to death in Denver's La Alma Park, the park is now closed and Gary's family is heartbroken. And um, the park has been closed for weeks in December and in January through March. Um, and residents are really upset about this because they don't understand how that is effective public safety management. And so there was a community meeting last week to address this. The city finally opened the park and members of the community came together and were just really upset um, talking about you know, why why this park is being closed and why um, sort of a core of the community is is being shut down in, in this way. You've mentioned this, the neighborhood response to the the closures. And in particular, this most recent shooting was was a, a strong reaction. And I think in part, 
because Gary Ariano, the gentleman who um, was shot and killed, was kind of a, a important person in the community. What did you learn about the park um, from his family? Yeah, so Gary Ariano's family showed up to that public meeting that happened um, last week. And at the meeting, Denver police were there, Denver Parks and Recreation were there, um, Councilwoman Jamie Torres was there. And so the family came along with other neighborhood members, um, and they were also very upset that the park was closed. They said that it was the last thing that Gary would have wanted. They said that Gary loved the park, their family loved the park, that it was just a really important place for all of them, and that that wasn't, you know, the memory that they wanted associated with with Gary. Aiden Ariano is Gary's nephew. He says La Alma Park was one of Gary's favorite places, that he was there almost every day with a group of friends. He practically lived there, Aiden says, and tragically, he died there. So this community meeting that you're talking about, um, this happened before the fences came down last week. What else did you learn from that meeting about the community? Yeah, what was really interesting was as I was hearing frustrations and concerns from the community, what kept coming up was gentrification. And even if that word wasn't necessarily used, that's what community members were talking about. They were saying, um, you know, the community used to be a place where everyone knew each other and where Latino families grew up together and had kids and their kids had kids and everyone kind of looked out for each other. And, you know, then that started to change when they got priced out of their homes and when new development started being built, not for them. And investment in the neighborhood started to go away and you know, they they just kept talking about gentrification really over and over, the changing dynamics and demographics of their neighborhood and sort of feeling cast out in what used to be their community. Speaking of that, something I found really fascinating about your story was that you talked to Helen Jerome, who's the head of the La Alma Lincoln Park Neighborhood Association, but she hasn't lived in the neighborhood for over a decade, I'm guessing because of this issue of being priced out. I want to just read a quote from from your story where you said Jerome wanted to be clear that the La Alma Lincoln Park Neighborhood Association does not represent, quote, the gentrifiers. It's not for them, Jerome said. It's for us. Even when the barricades are up, our kids are kept from playing. But they, the gentrifiers, go out there and walk their dogs and everything is fine for them. This is a white and brown issue. What is What is Helen saying there? I think Helen was saying that she just feels this tension in the community between the Latinx community and the Chicano community who have been there for many years and and these new people who are coming in who are, you know, higher income who can afford these more expensive homes who maybe don't look like the people in the community. And it just sort of feels... Um, as Helen said, like they were kind of being cast aside. So the city is the ultimate governing body of this park. And what I found super interesting was the city's response is to close parks when this kind of thing happens. It's not just La Alma. It's happened at Civic Center and some other smaller parks. But then my councilwoman, Jamie Torres, uh, is quoted as saying, when something like this happens, we should have swarmed the park and the neighborhood with love, with resources, with programming. Instead, it was swarmed with barricades. 
So what do you think about like what's going on at the city level right now with this conversation? Yeah. So Denver Parks and Recreation and Denver Police came to the meeting. They said that they wanted to do better. They said that they were listening to community voices at that meeting. So different sort of solutions or ideas came up, including things like um, more security cameras in the park or increased police presence, which community members had sort of different varying opinions on. Um, One thing that the neighbors seemed to like was the idea of more community policing. Um, So sort of almost like a volunteer thing where people in the neighborhood who knew each other were able to kind of look out for each other. And so I think that there are some ideas and, and hopefully solutions forming. And I guess we'll just have to see from here what happens. The community policing aspect is interesting because I almost feel like from what I understand from the situation with Gary Ariano was that that's kind of what he was trying to do. Police said Gary was trying to break up a fight between two teenage girls when one of the girls' boyfriend pulled out a gun and shot and killed Gary. So it's interesting. I think that that's already something that the community does on its own. They just maybe want more support in doing that. Yeah, that point was brought up during the meeting of of Gary Ariano kind of doing that, um, that exact thing. And the wish for more resources and more investment from the city was reiterated over and over. Did the city respond at all to that? Because I know... Like, is there any plan for more spending on things like social programs? Or I know that the pool is going to be shut for the summer because they're um, because they're renovating it and and people are upset about that. Is there any anything from the city that's that's saying that that maybe they're going to meet those needs? Yeah. So at the meeting, the city did say that they were looking into what could be done for things like about the pool. Like they said, what if we were able to bus children to a nearby, or not just children, but people looking to use the pool, um, to a nearby facility, um, another another recreation center so they could use the pool. Or, you know, what if we were able to increase the number of police officers in the area? So there was talk, there wasn't um, 100% like a plan laid out, but there was definitely conversations happening. So... There's this other element of the story that I want to talk about because 50 years ago, just on the other side of Colfax from La Alma Lincoln Park, there was another Latino and Chicano community that was displaced from what we now know as Auraria Campus. And I know that you've done some reporting on that history recently. So, Elizabeth, I wanted to ask, like, do you think there's any connection between those two stories? Yeah, I definitely saw a connection and I felt a little bit... uh, more equipped to do the story from having done that previous Auraria reporting, because they're very similar. You know, both of the stories are about these predominantly Latino neighborhoods that faced being pushed out um, and that faced a lot of struggles with gentrification and with um, sort of a, a retelling of their history or a lack of telling of their history. And so I think until sort of root problems are addressed here, we're likely going to continue to see similar things happening with people being pushed out. And I don't know. I think that that's something that's going to have to be addressed. Did the city give any any hint as to like what's next for the park? Because I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that might be a big concern is, is it going to get shut down again? Yeah, the city didn't say, like, we'll never shut down the park again or one way or the other. So um, I'm not really sure what will happen next. Um, Hopefully some of these solutions that they talked about 
you know, might might make things better. I know residents kept asking for sort of preventative matters that that could prevent, um, you know, violence or prevent disruption in their neighborhood. Um, so we'll see if any of that materializes. Well, Elizabeth Hernandez, thank you so much for breaking the story down. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. After speaking with Elizabeth Hernandez, I'm still thinking about what's going to happen with Lalma Lincoln Park, especially those parallels between the current gentrification of the West Side and the historic displacement of the Auraria community. I know there's a lot more going on, and with Lalma's pool set to remain closed again this summer, we're going to be keeping an eye on this situation. But I want to hear from you, Denver, especially if you grew up on the West Side or you lived in the Reds or you found community in Lalma Lincoln Park. You can email us at denver at citycast.fm or text or leave us a voicemail at 720-500-5418. Because I know this story is far from over. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Colorado's General Assembly adjourned for the year yesterday, with debates coming down to the wire over hot-button issues like fentanyl, air pollution, and recycling fees. One controversial bill that would have banned flavored tobacco products died in committee earlier this week. But as I record this on Wednesday afternoon, it's still too early to tell what's going to happen with the rest of these bills. I'll be back with more on the legislation they do manage to agree on once the dust settles. And here's some good news for you barbecue lovers. Former staffers at Rhino's beloved Owl Bear Barbecue are reopening the restaurant in the very same spot later this month, but with a new name, Pit Fiend. When Owl Bear closed in January, folks lined up around the block for one last taste of brisket. According to Westward, the Pit Fiend crew don't have a reopening date just yet, but you know, we'll let you know as soon as we know. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton breaks down the Park Hill golf course saga again. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. You ask them to share. Son of a knew that I was trying not to do that and then I did it. I should not be screaming. Okay.